0: now.
1: Yeah. And I was like what? Good, good, good. My name is Mark. I'm originally from Texas. I I moved to LA twenty years ago almost. Uh I was in a band.
0: It was so funny. I was talking about you today before you got here. And I said, Ralph, can I borrow your headphones? Because usually when people come and record, they don't want to wear the headphones Mm. because they don't like the sound of their own voice. Mm. And I was like, it'll be fine. Mark loves the sound of his own voice. (laughs) We haven't seen each other one on one in a really long time.
1: In case your listeners don't know. (laughs) <laughs> i was your boss
0: <laughs> no this is not true we're striking it from the record immediately that
1: mark okay, thinks we'll, we'll edit that that out.
0: <laughs> we're gonna leave it in so you can hear me say no you're not
1: <laughs> we worked in the same office we had such a good time t- just talking and hanging out and we had a good rapport just naturally mm-hmm. and so we haven't had a good sit down just you and i since that time before lockdown yeah so that's over two years ago. Yeah. I did write the jingle for Erica's podcast. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's a hit, man. <laughs> I was telling myself, like, don't get excited. If Mark Flakes, you're going to be <laughs> devastated and he's going to text you like morning of and be like, sorry, brah. Dude. So the whole day, yesterday and this morning, I was like, Mark's going to bail.
1: It's going to be fine. Dude, I almost bailed. I fucking knew it. Here's the story. <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> You son of a bitch. So this week, I got something in my eye. Oh, fuck. And, you know, usually when you get something in the eye, you kind of rub it, and somehow your eye takes care of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. you just kind of leave it to your eye. Your eye. Yeah. I, I must have like a garbage can worth of stuff behind my eyeball. Yeah. No, same. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how my eyes done it for 45 years. Yeah. But it's always got the job done. Mm-hmm. I can still see. Well, this week, I got something in my eye, and my eye's been hurting. And oh. I've been trying to rub it up and throwing water on it. Oh. Yesterday, I was just one eye all day.
0: Corneal tear?
1: I don't know. I just felt something was under my eyelid. I couldn't get it. And so last night, it was painful. Mm. I woke up at 4 in the morning. I was splashing water in myself. My eye had all like the lagana kind of stuff. Oh, I yeah. I was like... I'm going to have to go to the hospital or, like, to something. Yeah. Because this is not good. I've had yeah. this all week. Yeah. And so I was thinking, shit, Erica's going to hate
0: me. I wouldn't have hated you, but I would have been really sad. Like, he just doesn't care about our friendship. I'm closing the door on this. Uninvite him to the birthday, Ralph. It's over. Right. Mark Mark is done. He's gotten way too many chances.
1: <laughs> so there was at four in the morning, like, thinking... I'm going to have to cancel last minute. Mm. She's not going to understand.
0: That's not true. I would have understood. I just (laughs) would have been fucking pissed.
1: (laughs) So, luckily, I mean, I'm okay right now. I don't know. By the
0: grace of the Catholic God, (laughs) you are here. I prayed to my
1: guru. I think my
0: guru did it. I put together a night at the dub club in Echo Park. Have you ever been Mm -hmm. at the Echo Plex?
1: And oh, thatplex. Okay, okay.
0: So I coordinated a night with my entire team at work. comes time to go. I was showering and I used like the Target brand face wash that has like the little scrubbers. And I got one of those little pebbles in my eye and I didn't even realize it. And I'm just rubbing and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I think like I just got soap in my eye. So I'm trying to wash it out. Nothing is helping. Nothing. And I'm like, dude, everybody's supposed to come over. We're all pre-gaming here and we're going to go to the dub club. I'm crying. It's miserable. And I was like, fuck it. We're going. So I went to the dub club like this. And everyone's like, dude, like, stop being a baby. And I was like, guys, this shit hurts. <laughs> yeah. And that night, same thing, four in the morning, I'm like, Ralph, get up. You got to take me to urgent care. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with my eye. And I went and they told me that I had a corneal tear. And I, and they were, I was like, well, what do I do? And they were like, it'll just heal. It'll be it'll actually be really quick. But yeah, it's going to hurt for a little bit. And then, dude, it just bounced back. Like the next day, it's like almost hearing that it was going to heal was like, okay, I guess I'm okay. And then I was fine. But I had that same
1: experience where I was like, that's what I needed to hear. Yeah. Yeah. I know it. myself eyeball you got this baby. you
0: got it dude you've been through so much so much mascara and long eyelashes just fall in there <laughs> yeah. the ladies know what I'm talking about the eyeball's
1: really resilient i mean so it made resilient. Me think of that this week like there's been so much shit that i've gotten in my eyeball mm-hmm. that i probably didn't get out yeah. and it just go somewhere back there somewhere yeah, but the eyeball takes care of it. Mm-hmm.
0: I wrote a blog post about how I was complaining to my therapist a lot about like my body and like oh I get so mad I've got this and I'm fat and whatever, and she was like, "Have you ever taken a moment to like sit and thank your body for everything that it's done for you?" And I was like, "No, uh, no, is that a thing that people do?" And she was <laughs> like, "Yeah, just sit down for a minute and like write up all the reasons you love your body and beyond." vanity beyond like what it looks like to someone else or you what has it done for you Mm -hmm. and i was like damn i i have run like a couple half marathons like my legs are pretty cool you know Mm -hmm. and i just started to think about my body and how functional it is despite the fact that it's not you know The body on TV, Mm -hmm. it's still so cool and does so much for me. And like, I can still dance and I can still do all the things that I want to do. And that's all I could really ask for.
1: That's some wise, wise ass shit from your therapist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool to think, just to take a moment and just examine your history with your body. (laughs) I didn't really care much about age or aging until actually during the pandemic. Because my hair started falling out on top. And was it
0: because of stress?
1: N- no, I'm not just stressed. I, I think it's just most of the men in my family, due to my mom's dad, he was bald. Mm-hmm. Whereas my dad and his dad have oh. full full heads beautiful hands mm-hmm. of hair, mm-hmm. silver motherfuckers, thick beards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <I'm just like> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, I'm I'm getting it. And- Your dad's hot, we got it. <laughs>
1: He actually grew out his hair during the pandemic, my dad. Sick. Anyways. Your dad
0: has a cool name. What is it again?
1: Roosevelt. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. name. Anyway, so I started losing my hair, and I thought, oh, yeah, I'm actually getting older. And then it hit me this year when I turned 45. Like, oh, I'm no longer like in my early 40s. I'm heading towards 50 fast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, because losing your hair as a guy, it's, it's a weird Thing you have to deal with because you look odd if you have a lot of thinning hair and people can see your scalp so people shave their head right and then that's a look whether you like it or not i mean people look at you and they, you have to give them something to look at so then you're thinking okay what what am i gonna wear what i gonna buy how am i gonna style my hair mm-hmm. so you're thinking about that just as much as the music right because as a band you're kind of a brand mm-hmm. right the strokes mm-hmm. i mean that's a full commitment brand this sort of new york street it it's like a package brand and so i was very cognizant of that in my 20s going through the same thing losing your hair it's a bit of mortality like looking you in the face every day in the mirror remember you used to have hair because you still have to style your hair hair is always a choice Yeah. Right? Like your hair, you have it up, it's long, or you can choose to shave it off. And it's a conscious choice of how you want to present yourself to society, your hair. Yeah. So suddenly my hair is going out. Anyway, so I shaved it. And I just thought, man, I'm getting older. And I'm just probably going to have to shave it from now on. That was sort of my mortality, sort of like tapping me on the shoulder. You're getting older. It's not narcissistic. It can be, but it's not. It's just, it's like you're transitioning. From one stage of life to another, and w- at one point in my life, I felt really sort of confident. Even though I'm not a big guy, I was physically confident, and just you know wh- whatever who I was. And now, the confidence is switching to somewhere else. Like I don't want it to be about me physically anymore. You know, growing up a small guy, you're you're sort of like put in your place pretty early on
0: by other men,
1: mostly by culture in general. You're, you're a short guy versus being a tall guy. Right, and tall guys are more, they're leaders, they're more attractive, whatever. But my dad told us from an early age, physicality has nothing to do with manhood. It's your word. yeah,
0: Roswell, love this guy. Your
1: word Mm -hmm. is what makes you man. You know, that stuck with me as a young kid. I have to and I want to live more into that. Everything I do needs to be sort of thoughtful. I don't want to be like a weak man. Mm -hmm. you know and which again has nothing to do with physicality has to do with like strength of character so my dad is like this quiet intense wise man Mm -hmm. and then my mom was like this very smart but super joyful always laughing and just like talky person so they fit together in that way she she passed away last year around this time. My dad has only known life with her. And so he is struggling with his mortality because he's like, Why am I here? What words can you tell your dad? It's it's really tough to see him because I think, you know, yeah, what is the point of life then? You know, yeah. he's lived this long crazy life. He's almost died three times, you know, he's like experienced it all. So it's like almost questioning, like, why is he still here? He wants to go. But for some reason, you know, he'll, he's here.
0: Your yep. mom, how old was your mom?
1: She was 73. So My dad's 75. This sort of mortality really hit our family pretty hard mm-hmm. because my mom was such a joyful person. We all revolved around her like little planets. And my mom and dad had this huge house. It was like, it was like a hotel. We would all go there. It was like the soul of this giant Family that we were. And so now that my mom's gone, you know, they'd sold the house. We're scattered. The family is in this weird transitional phase. It's so new and strange that we're just all still trying to figure out and process the grief. Mortality has just been really showing itself to my family. Maybe the lesson is that we should now start focusing on, you know, what it is to transition. What is the transition? What is the next step after this human life because we enjoy each other's company so much that we hate to lose each other but it's it's inevitable yeah so we shouldn't see it as painful we shouldn't see it as loss so much as it is you know like a happy farewell like a bon voyage mhm you know and that's it's it's easy to say but yeah. it's really it's really tough, but it's at the same time everybody has to deal with that in yeah. some form or another. You know, maybe some people aren't very close to their family, but you know you're close to some people. No matter yeah. what, everybody's close to somebody. I hope dealing with grief and dealing with loss of life is maybe it should be the most important thing in everybody's life because from there you learn to appreciate. And one of my favorite things about Buddhism it says um, life is like this like crystal glass that's up on a table. Mm-hmm. and you know it's going to fall and crash, while it's up there on the table, you have to appreciate it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it's true, because that's what it is. We know we're all going to die. We know everyone around us, everyone we love is going to die. So appreciate as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Every life, every person. There's a sort of stability of appreciation of just the life around you. And uh, that could be a good sort of like basis of how to sort of operate in the world. Um, because then, you know, you don't sweat the big things. You don't sweat the small things. At least it helps you with a little of a general outlook.
0: That what you went through is tough. I don't I don't know how bad it was for you, but, like, my mom, she came through for me during COVID because I got lonely. Mm-hmm. She's always willing to answer my phone call
1: mm-hmm. and
0: talk to me or listen to me talk. Even sometimes when she says dumb shit, I'm just like, Mom, like, you're. what are you talking about? <laughs> No, listen to me. But she's a constant in my life. Right. And if she wasn't there one day, I don't know what I would do. And so when she makes me wanna scream, sometimes I scream. (laughs) But other times I'm just like like one day she's not gonna be on the other side of that phone. And I gotta just like love her and let her know, like, I love you. Yeah. You you pain in my ass.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then and then you appreciate I mean like we're the the becoming of whatever they are, right? Yeah. Just as you're becoming of whatever you are. I mean they too are sort of like working things out. Yeah. Intellectually, emotionally, physically over there. And you just appreciate <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just appreciate them. Well, I'm sorry, Mark. No, you don't have to be sorry. I mean, I mean listen, yeah, I it was tough, but she she lived her best life. Yeah. And the only thing that sucks about it is that my dad is here by himself. Yeah. Because, you know, had they both gone, there would have been, like, some, at least some sort of, like, Hollywood ending to it. Seeing him suffer is what makes it makes it tough. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I know my mom lived an amazing life. I mean, she was, like, a saintly person. Mm-hmm. And um, so I know she's in a good place no matter what. What I believe, or what anyone believes, she's in a good place in the in the ether. I know she's good, but it's just for for us who got left behind that it's it's strange, and yeah. especially you know her spouse. There's this sort of guilt, survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. Like, am I? I'm here. Can I? Am I? Am I okay to enjoy myself?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I have to say, yeah, you have yeah, to enjoy. Of course. As long as you're here, you have to enjoy. Mm -hmm. The moments you're here. Yeah. The sort of being conscious of being here. Yes. And being conscious of someone not being here. Heading into my 50s, the strength of character, I hope, will continue to build and hopefully, like, resonate its own sort of power. Not a power to, you know, use over anybody, but my own sort of power to help.
0: I grew up in a very vain environment. Like my grandma was like, Oh, you poor oh, thing. Right. Like you poor ugly thing. You'll never get married. <laughs> and like, you know, she would say stuff like that to me. And my mom would always be like, Eddie, like put a longer shirt on to cover your butt. And I'd be like, why? She's like, cause it's big. And like, Tell me butts aren't the biggest thing in the world right now. <laughs> Everybody wants a butt, but I was made to feel like I was just falling short in every possible way. Mm-hmm. And I Feel like little me was resilient enough that she was like, I don't give a heck. (laughs) This is who I am. And like, sorry, you don't like it. And then when I got in my 20s and stuff is when I really was like, no, like I fucking hate myself. Mm. And I had these battles with myself about weight and about look. And so I was like, you know what? I got to figure this out because I can't be like beating myself
1: up about this. Like
0: I'm funny and I'm nice to people like cool enough that I could get a little fat and people will still think I'm cool.
1: You talked about being a kid and not caring. Kids, they aren't Mm self-aware. Right. And it's so fucking awesome. You're free. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nietzsche, Friedrich Nietzsche, he has like this book called Thus Spoke the Zarathustra. And in the beginning, he talks about the three stages of life. And the first stage is like you're born a camel. The world puts all of its responsibilities on you. The second stage is you become a lion who has to slay the dragon. So basically all the things that were put upon you, you have to slay. Mm-hmm. You have to conquer those things. And once you conquer them, you become a child rolling from the center of your own being. That's what children are. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They don't give They're a just fuck, joyful. dude. They do what they want <laughs> They're the best, and that's the irony. They're the right? best and the worst because you're like, stop <laughs> being so
0: fucking free. Get in your place. Your no. butt's fat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You little asshole. Take yeah.
1: that. <laughs> but that's the irony, right? Is that we have to like. In a sense, learn how to be children again. Mm-hmm. Most of us maybe can't get there until we're like 80 something and all cute, like, hey, oh, okay, honey, can I go? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yes. And then you just, dude, then you don't care.
1: And then you don't care.
0: We have this neighbor. He's got to be close to 90, maybe even older than 90. And he came over to tell Ralph something. <laughs> and he's like talking and fucking farting nasty. <laughs> Ralph's like, dude, I'm pretty sure he shit his and he didn't even—he didn't even skip a beat. Like he's just still telling him about plants, and he's like, "I couldn't even focus because dude was just actually shitting his pants." Sorry. I just turned right back around. And just went home. Yeah.
1: Ralph's examining his backside. It's
0: like, hmm. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> getting older. Yeah, Shoot. So
1: there's that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. And you're right, because everybody's going through the same mortality struggle. The struggle of being comfortable who you are in this vessel, because the vessel is constantly changing. Your relationship with the vessel is constantly changing, with outside worlds constantly changing. Maybe small slivers of time in, in your body, are you very comfortable with the yeah. relationship?
0: And if I think about the times where I was really happy with my body, I was really unhappy with everything else right, in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Like I was, you know, starving myself <laughs> for like trying to fit in this mold for somebody else. And I was like, but God damn, I look good. <laughs> and it's not worth it. Like it's so it's so silly, but we all subscribe to it at one point or another.
1: Yeah. Because uh, we, we do put it through the ringer. Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime I see some kids drinking, I think, man, you're going to have such a bad hangover. Yeah. The next morning. Yes. And your body is going to... F- your body's gonna hate you or your body's just gonna you're you're gonna be in hell your body's gonna like recover you did that to your body (laughs) yeah ignorant son of a gun like
0: i've watched people take shots and i'm like what are you doing you're gonna do that (laughs) if i did that i'd be hurt and my hangovers last like two days two days of just like
1: Your body's, your body's got the attitude now. Like, mm. don't mistreat me. Mm-hmm. Clap, clap, clap. Don't yeah. mistreat me. And
0: after, you know, being a vegan for three years now, like, if I, sometimes I'll be like, yeah, this has a little butter, but I'm going to be all right. No, I'm not. I'm not going to be all right. <laughs> I can't have a bite of that donut. I cannot have, like, just a lick of cheese. My body's like, no. Spice is now the new thing that's like, yeah, we don't want spicy anymore, but I'm like, but I
1: even You but mean I like heartburn?
0: Just like pain in my stomach.
1: Hmm. Well, I, I've I'm dealing with that with heartburn and spice. That's you hard. know it sucks because it's it's sort of like no you can't eat that light. Oh. And yeah. it's like no, actually you can't eat that at all. It's yeah. spicy. see. Yes. <laughs> it hurts us. Yes.
0: <laughs> There's a place in Highland Park called Wolfies, I think, mm-hmm. and they make a chicken sandwich. They taste like the real deal, dude. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> and as soon as I'm done, I'm just like, oh, God, it was so worth it. but Like, <laughs> it feels awful. And then I, I mean, and then I go months before I'm like, I think I'm going to go in again.
1: The funniest things about being a human is that, you know, your relationship with food mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm not just talking about like sort of the American relationship, the love, hate with food. I'm just talking in general food.
0: It is hard to cook for yourself. And
1: it is. It is it, right. And, and, because I, and I'm trying to think, well, is that because we're so spoiled with the quantities and varieties of food that are, are at our disposal? Yeah. Because if I had like a cherry tree, I think to myself, if I had a cherry tree, uh, an orange tree, all these sort of like nice fruit trees in my backyard... I would just eat that all day.
0: Yeah, would, no, I no, mean, you wouldn't. You'd be, wouldn't. be on Postmates fucking ordering it up because that's what we used to do every single day. Yeah. No matter how bad we'd make ourselves feel like, you know what, we need to start packing lunches and bringing them mm-hmm. in. We'd be like, what are we getting today? Yeah. Tacos tu madre? <laughs> Again? No problem. Yeah.
1: I mean, food is just as weird. And you need it. Yeah. You need it every day. Mm-hmm. You can't eat like for one day and it'll hold you over for like,
0: Two, three. No, that'd be nice, though.
1: It would be nice.
0: Polar bear style. Yeah. I have been doing a lot of reading over the last couple of years on intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to heal my relationship with food because yeah. I feel like I do have this idea of like good foods and bad foods. And yeah. it's like, there's no such thing. Like yeah. there's just food yeah. and some of it makes me feel some type of way, but you know, other people can handle it. So they should have as much of it as right. they can handle or whatever. But food became like a symbol of weight. Mm. And so for me, it was like every bite that I take, it's like, I'm going to get fat and that's mm. undesirable. Right. Right. I almost rebelled against that in my 20s by being like, I'm going to eat everything I want. Mm. And I gained so much weight in my 20s. I was like probably 60 pounds heavier than I am right now oh, in wow. my 20s because I just, I didn't like being told what not to eat. So I just went nuts. Wow. I had a hoe phase, but with food, <laughs> you know, while y'all were out there getting the dick, I was... You're
1: deep-throating <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes yeah i was I was pretty gross with food and i'm I sometimes forget that when I'm so hard on myself now and I'm like, dude, you used to like eat a burger for every meal mm-hmm. Sometimes I would get like McDonald's breakfast mm-hmm. and then get Burger King for dinner and then like get dessert after every meal
1: you know I, I hate to say part of that's American, but you know it's not like we have access to like fresh grown cheap food
0: no mhm
1: it's not like Again, I hate to bring up Europe, but, you know, it's not like Europe where you can just walk down to the center square and, and get yeah. some old grandma. Some delicious produce. Yeah. I don't know. This country has its problems. I mean, it, it's it's very complicated, especially yeah. now, right? I mean, you, you can't help but love the place where you grew up, right? So we all have pride. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, you know, the faults in your family, Mm-hmm. And so you know the faults of the country Sure But we're all about we're, In this particular culture We're all about productivity uh, We're so addicted to the grind
0: And it's uncomfortable when you're not grinding Like in the time that I wasn't working I had so much guilt
1: Yeah About not
0: being productive And I was like Why can't I just fucking take a nap And just not feel guilty about it
1: Yeah and you know part of me thinks Well is that American Or is that just Western culture in general You can't really just sort of hang out no. And be looked well upon. No. If you're hanging out too much, just like hanging, mm-hmm. people will think, this guy's lazy. Yes. This person is lazy. And they
0: call it laziness instead of just calling it it's, like self-care, right, relaxation. Right,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. We all might be better off if we had long siestas during the day. Mm. And not necessarily to take a nap, but just to hang out, just not to focus on the productivity of the daily grind. Preach on that, Brother Mark. When you go out into the workplace, and I found this out because I I started working like a full-time job when I was 18. No one knows what they're doing. The great majority of everybody, you can tell, are just sort of like propping themselves up as best as they can. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as something goes wrong, you just notice it because they'll start propping stuff up. Yeah. Right? and. It's, it's sweet because then you realize, oh, my gosh, they're, this poor that poor person. They're
0: just crazy insecure.
1: They're crazy insecure. They're doing what they can. They're trying to, you know, and you're just like, God bless.
0: Yes, for sure. For and sure.
1: Because you see yourself in that. Yeah. Right? And, oh, yeah. and But you see it all over the place. Yeah. I mean,
0: every I, facet
1: of life you see it.
0: I think the initial reaction for me is still like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, yeah. and but taking that step back mm-hmm. is sanity. Yeah. Because otherwise you just keep going down the rabbit hole. And before you know it, like you're fucking furious and they don't even know or care right. or understand.
1: Right. It's really tough to sort of catch yourself. Yesterday I had a work issue come up and this girl was kind of catching attitude via email. I was just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking about I was riled up. I like my my body was hot. Mm-hmm. My mind was racing. And I was thinking, golly, this person really got under my skin. Mm-hmm. If if she was in my office, I would have been even more hot. Yeah. So I was thinking, man, I even though I claimed to work on myself, even a simple little thing like that got to me. Mm-hmm. I barely held it together. And my, my emails to her were pretty short. There was not a lot of empathy and love in those things. Right, it was right, right. Like- right.
0: No <laughs> smiley faces. <laughs>
1: So, uh, you know, it's tough dealing with people Because everybody's bringing their baggage
0: It is, and now that we're all doing work from home It's even harder to see if an interaction was what you thought it was Mm Because everything's over email and Slack and Skype and all the rest of them Mm -hmm. And you have no idea So Monday was kind of like my first official day on this job And this job is kicking my fucking ass And there's so much to it And so I did something wrong And this chick calls me out but she calls me out in the ugliest way with everybody, CC'd. everybody CC'd. I'm sure there's like a group of people bcc would <laughs> just for laughs. She just shits on me. And I'm like, bro, different from you. Like I got sad. Like I sat here and I cried and I was like, am I bad at this? Like I felt horrible and super deflated and I didn't believe in myself at all. Two emails later, she sends me a meme You just embarrassed me in front of so many people, and now you're sending a cat meme. This makes no sense. So my boss, she is fucking awesome, the nicest person ever, and she calls me. She's like, "Hey, just so you know, like she's not trying to be mean. Like she's just she's looping people in so that they can validate what she's saying, but she's not trying to make you look like a fool." I was in hell. I was in my own hell, thinking I suck at payroll.
1: What a good manager does mm-hmm. is read read the room mm-hmm. of her people, and she must have known something intuitively in her yes. head and heart was just like, maybe Erica doesn't know this person quite well enough to know, uh-huh. and she sort of like empathized with what was going on yes. in the context of that email, Yes, and she reached out to you. Yes. That's that's great management. It's such great oh
0: management that I have a lady boner for it. <laughs> it was my first week. I had almost nothing to do. Bro, I go to dinner at like four thirty with some girlfriends. And she's like emailing like it's six o'clock, it's seven o'clock, it's seven thirty, and she's like sent like eight emails. And the last one she goes, Hey, just cause I work these weird hours doesn't mean I expect you to. I take a lot of breaks throughout the day. I take my daughters to do this. So I work late to make up for that. But don't respond to me till tomorrow. I want you to be on your own schedule. And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Another round for the table. We're staying out. My boss is awesome. It's a joy to yeah. work for her.
1: I mean, you you can now consider yourself like lucky and blessed. It's like going through all the bad boyfriends and then mm-hmm. finally meeting the one. Yes. Having all the... Because, bo- you know, we've all had... Bad bosses oh. in the past. Mm. And when you finally have a good boss, you're just so appreciative on mm. it's so many different levels. Because it's not just a professional thing. Yeah. It's a human thing. Man, when you have a good boss, it just makes a world it does. of difference. You want them to appreciate you.
0: Yeah. Right? Oh, God, yes. And she does that, too. <laughs> She'll send emails like, after I do anything, she's like, you're awesome. This is amazing. You're a star. <gasps> Thank you. Yeah, thanks. I worked really hard on that, so
1: I appreciate that. Okay, so now you got to give back
0: Mm -hmm. somehow. Oh, and I do. you tell her, like, you're a fucking
1: awesome boss. (laughs) That's great.
0: Do you have any relationship advice? You've been married now for how long?
1: This is my second marriage. It's tough. You know, it's, it's easy to be single. You're not confronted with another personality, and it's those clashes of personality where you you realize where you're hard-headed, you realize where you don't want to give in so your ego gets in the way of things, mm-hmm. or it just doesn't come up if you're single. And so it's that sort of intimacy gets built. I mean, I don't have any advice as to, like, how to navigate it. Yeah, It's just tough. I mean, but human life is tough. And, you know, the only thing I would say is that as someone who practices meditation, like, life is about becoming more skillful. It doesn't mean you're, you're not going to fuck up, because you will fuck up, but maybe you'll f- try to fuck up less the more skillful you get. And that's all you can ask for for anyone, mm-hmm. is just to be more skillful, in a sense, just become more aware of not only your surroundings, but your own interior life, your own shortcomings. It's hard to, to know about your blind spots unless you are in a relationship. Yep. Because that person will gladly point them out. (laughs) Oh, boy.
0: Have you had a chance to watch the latest Bill Burr special on Netflix? Do you like Bill Burr?
1: uh, Yeah, I do. Well, I I think I saw maybe some clips from it.
0: He is fucking hilarious. Yeah. And he comes off as like this grumpy fucking dude. Uh But he ends up saying something so profound. Mm Mm-hmm. And and you don't even realize That the person that he's being Is just so that You can hear the message <laughs> It's like Did talk
1: about abortion on that one? He talks about abortion <laughs> Yeah I saw that clip he he's says, like well, What happened to the baby? <laughs> yeah
0: He's like You know If you're baking a cake And you put it in there And someone comes At like the 15 minute mark And throws it Across the room And you're like What the fuck dude That was my cake And they're like It's not a cake yet <laughs> Yeah it is It was gonna be In 45 minutes It was gonna be a cake (laughs) It was so good He talked about taking shrooms I mean
1: I'll have to watch it Yeah I saw that And I You know Good comedy right Makes you think And it Mm -hmm. makes you laugh At the same time Yes You know as leftists We need to realize That comedians are like Sacred fools Mm -hmm. It's important for them To sort of Smash us open and laugh at us being too sanctimonious. I think that's a big lesson that the left needs to learn right now because we've it's kind of gotten overboard.
0: And even if it's uncomfortable to talk about, yeah, like why can't we just have an uncomfortable conversation? People, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel bad because like, like we can understand both sides. Like, okay. You shouldn't say things mm-hmm. that are intended to hurt people. Right. I agree with that. Absolutely. But if you are, you know, talking about something and trying to make a point and you're using your voice, um, can't we all just have like a little laugh about it?
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Just a little one. Like not one that's like, <laughs> but like, a, oh, <laughs> yeah, I see it. You know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to bring up that guy, Joseph Campbell, again. There was a trickster god. He appeared to these people. He was dressed in red. They saw him. They recognized him. Then he came back. And when he came back, he appeared in blue. So all the other people who saw him said, No, he's not red. He's blue. So in a way, that God knowingly caused confusion. In a way, that's our problem right now, is that we're kind of seeing the same thing, but we're arguing about it from our different viewpoints, because mm-hmm. we're kind of stuck in our viewpoints. Sure. We can't even see that maybe we are saying the same thing. Yeah. We can't even see that maybe we do need to talk about it. Sure. Because we're so entrenched that we're correct, you know, whether we're talking about abortion trans rights, whatever, or we're talking about, you know, military spending. Yeah. Nobody can talk about anything without getting so triggered.
0: It's true. And I'm guilty of getting triggered also. Mhm.
1: Right? Anyone who's too far should drive you crazy because you sh- you should see in them like you're not centered. Mhm. You're too far insulated. You sh- people should evolve. I watch these uh near death experience videos on YouTube oh. a lot. But they go and they have this life review. And the life review basically boils down to this like you know your human life is meant to help other people. All the other things you're doing are completely useless for your for your soul for like the graduation of your soul. If you want to go back, we're going to send you back so you know this lesson now. Yeah. And so in a sense, it's like maybe people like that who get too baked <clears throat> into their thinking, into their way of life. They need something to break they them do. open. I think those plant medicines are can, are absolutely necessary for a lot of people. Um, some people they're not, but some um, people they're probably very necessary just to crack them open. Oh, for sure. The only quote problem mm-hmm. is that they can be a shortcut to bliss. Yeah. All right, so then you get sort of like addicted to the experience of bliss. Yes. And you rely on it. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And then become sort of like you could become sort of addicted to the to the bliss that mm-hmm. you don't because you know, with a steady practice, one could realize that bliss without any help.
0: Yeah, um, you know, you know me. I'm a good old stony bone jones <laughs> and uh I love it. I I love it, and I feel like maybe it's me chasing bliss. It also never makes me do anything bad. I guess that's how I feel about it
1: at the moment. But you're pretty self-aware of it. Like, you you gave it up for a little bit, right? I did. And so, as long as you're able to have the control to give it up.
0: Yeah. I mean, on days when I work, like, you know, it kind of got like real fun because Mm -hmm. I wasn't working. And so I was like, you know what? I'll fucking wake and bake and Mm -hmm. the whole bit. And then I got bronchitis. Mm. I was like snoop dogging, I guess. And Mm. I got bronchitis and I was like, okay, like that might be a bit much. So like I've taken a step back and I'm like, all right, like, you know, I'll just do it at these times. And I, I love it, man.
1: Yeah, that's good. Maybe each of us has our own sort of vibration that we, should be in tune with Mm -hmm. our own personal sort of like vibrational thing we got going Mm -hmm. and addictions can sort of like muddy that water. Mm -hmm. What I believe is that we are sort of here to sort of um, experience this earthly life. You can sort of get your soul going in a really like higher vibration. We are here then to sort of do something and if we're not doing it, what are we doing? We're getting distracted by our culture. And we all know our culture is not looking out for our best interests. you know. And, and what is it doing? Well, it basically says, okay, you have to grow up. You have to get educated. Why do I have to get educated? Well, because you've got to work. Yeah. Why do I have to work? Well, because you've got to make money. You've got to support yourself. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, what do I got to do? Well, you got to do anything, this, this, and this, and this. And it's giving you all these sort of rules to live by and stuff. And Mm -hmm. it really doesn't account for, like, the humanity or the soul inside of you. Yeah. The soul that yearns for something. The soul that feels good about play, that feels good about love and help. You know what I mean? That sort of, like, beautiful thing inside of you how do you say, it? It, like sort of intoxicants can distract you as well. You know, just as much as, say, an overbearing job could distract you from living into your highest self or purpose. And it's tough. You know, this culture is just a one-way culture. There's no alternatives. You and I, we're not Catholics. We can't go live as a monk in a monastery and just pray all day and just get into the zone all day.
0: And I don't have the option to be a Catholic priest, you
1: know, because I'm a woman. <laughs> you certainly don't. mm so, you know, in a sense, we're kind of locked into this culture. We watch a lot of TV. We're entertained a lot. Go out to bars and drink or smoke or do whatever. I mean, we're... We eat. We eat
0: fancy we, foods. We eat
1: fancy foods. I mean, there's so many distractions in this culture.
0: We want aioli on everything. <laughs> aioli and bacon.
1: Man, where did aioli come from? It came kind of out of the blue. It's Last just mayo years.
0: mixed with other shit, right? Just put a little garlic I in the mayo. So. Put a little sidacha in the mayo. Call it aioli. It's just fucking mayo.
1: Somebody, somebody won. Yeah, it's like a rebranding <laughs> contest.
0: It's aioli. <laughs> Isn't this just mayonnaise? No, it's got garlic in it.
1: Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> we used yeah. to make our own Thousand Island dressing at this one restaurant I worked at,
0: uh-huh. and it was
1: such a game changer for me because I was just like, oh. You can actually make your own Thousand Island.
0: What is it like? It's mayo and ketchup and like relish?
1: Yeah. It's just like a mixture of like three simple things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's so cool.
0: Dude, making sauces with cashews has changed my life. I'm just like, what? It looks
1: just like the other sauce,
0: but it's made with nuts.
1: What What kind of sauce? What do you mean?
0: Like Alfredo. Like I'll make an Alfredo sauce for pasta or I've made a, a cashew queso.
1: What, what's, why do you do it? Is it health benefits? Or?
0: Well, because, I mean, I can't have cheese because I'm vegan. So and what's I an alfredo sauce? Milk. Oh, milk,
1: milk, milk and cream. And cre- and oh, okay.
0: So that all that sense. stuff is in there yeah. and I can't have it. So I make the sauce out of cashews and, dude, shit's bomb. That's cool. It's so bomb. And then I don't get constipated
1: forever. That's right. For the first time I heard about someone being like, don't drink milk. That's Stops for like a, me up. It's like for a you know, a two hundred pound baby. It's yeah. not for humans. It's for a two hundred pound cow baby. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> of course it's not gonna interact great with a lot of people. No,
0: no, like, but, but people oh yeah, love it. They love it. Some people suck it straight from the udder. <laughs>
1: Just utter to lips. Boosh. I had a friend. <clears throat> Actually, she used to be the <laughs> manager of a band, and her uncle had cancer. Oh, and he had heard of this uh, this study that breast human breast milk would put cancer in remission. Uh. so at the time I was married to my first wife, uh, my friend asked if we would be willing to sort of sell some of her breast milk to her uncle. I'm really like, sure. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like sure. My <laughs> my ex wife yeah. was like sure. Yeah. so I'll we- give you some of my titty milk, no <laughs> problem. I got plenty. And so maybe for, I don't know, maybe a month or two, she did it, and Mm -hmm. the cancer went into remission. Shut
0: the fuck up, dude. I
1: don't know, man. It happened.
0: I was going to ask you, do you want to edit this episode, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) With all the time that you're playing video games, you might as well just edit an episode of us (laughs) talking. But then again, I'm learning a lot from editing.
1: Yeah. Ah, it's such a pain in the butt. Yeah, it is. It's tedious. Oof. That's what I was telling my son, man. Like, Listen, there's not a lot of glamour in the making of things. The glamour comes afterwards, so you can't be consumed by the...
0: Editing is... It's like the first time that I was editing the podcast, I was like, I must really love this because I'm still sitting here doing it. (laughs) Because this is something that I would 100% have quit on. You know, if I didn't care about it, yeah. I'd be like, "Fuck this! Uh, it's too hard. I'm I'm quitting right here, right now." But I just sat here for hours, editing an episode and another episode and another episode. And dude, it's been oh, it's been so painful. Like mm-hmm. there have been the reason I get so anal about the mic and the headphones is mm-hmm. because I lost half an episode because my friend Jolene just started talking like oh. this, and then like halfway through, I couldn't hear a fucking thing she was saying.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, that same thing. I just showed you Remy's short film on the beach. It's not like we're a professional crew. We just had a little microphone that plugged into his iPhone. You're trying to hear it back on the beach when you do a little playback, and you're like, well, I think that sounds fine. Mm -hmm. But then you go home, and then you don't edit it for a few days, and you realize that audio sucks and there's no way we can go reshoot it. Exactly. And you're just stuck and then you have to like play with all these like things to try to get it right and it still doesn't sound right at the end. Yes. That's exactly
0: (laughs) what I've been going through. But yeah, no, the podcast, uh, it means so much to me. It really does. And I feel like I've had a couple duds, you know. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's this a- one's gonna be a dud for oh. sure. <laughs> I mean yeah, I can't even give any relation. It's gonna advice. be trash. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Mark. <laughs> it was me. I brought the best out of Mark in this podcast.
1: Oh, I haven't done this ever before. I mean I've done interviews before, but I've never Oh you've done never a recorded Oh dude,
0: there's so much fun. They're so much fun. I I mean, I've done some good ones. I told you about my friend Alex, my friend Eric talking about coming out, Kim talking about toxic relationships, my friend Monica, and I talked about therapy. This girl Christina came on and she talked to me about her dating life. The theme of the podcast, I think so far, is like vulnerability. Like people just talking. Um, Mm -hmm. The name This Is Easy with friends, Mm -hmm. it's very intentional. It's because I want people to be like, listen, we're all fucked up. We've all got issues. Mm -hmm. We're all working through our stuff and it's okay. Yeah, Like you're not alone. There's uh, so many other people who are struggling. We're still people. Mm -hmm. That's all I want. All I want with the podcast is for people to be like, yeah. Mm. I feel that way too.
1: Yeah. I think maybe we would all wish that life was as easy as that Avatar. Remember that movie Avatar? Yeah. Where those blue people, where they would just go to the tree and touch the vine, and the vine would be all like the ancestors telling you how to...
0: <laughs> yeah. I think we also have like the interpretations of what the people before us taught us. Like, uh, I don't know. Some people go the the wrong way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, they might have some silly traditions or Mm -hmm. things that like don't serve them in their own lives, but Mm -hmm. they're doing them because someone in their past told them it it had to be done that way. Yeah. And we don't challenge it or we forget to challenge it. And then we, when we do, we're like, Hey, nothing bad happened because I challenged this. Right. So we can't touch the vines, but we can tap into what happened before. And it's like, sometimes when I think about my grandma, I get really upset about all the things that she said and did to her kids and Mm -hmm. to me I'm like, dude, she fucks so many people up. Like, how do you just come here and just tornado through people's lives? But then I'm like, dude, she went up to, like, the seventh grade. And she lived in a time where a woman's value was just in her looks. Right. And in her culture especially. It's like, Mm -hmm. you better be pretty and go get married because you got to survive. Yeah. She did all the things. And I think she was kind of miserable. Yeah. I don't think she was in love with my grandpa. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think she saw a man who could financially support her and uh give her the life that she wanted and she went for it but
1: like yeah can you imagine living your whole life out of obligation to somebody else that's not your grandpa but like obligation to society
0: yes you don't get divorced right you don't have children out of wedlock you don't have sex before marriage you don't like you don't you don't you don't and it's like fuck dude did you even have fun
1: right it you know, it's one thing, too, is if you're living in a small tribe and you kind of have to pull your weight in that way. Yeah. <laughs> but if you live in a society, a free society like, you know, we do now
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you still have to do that. Yeah. That's tough. It's I, such a bummer. And again, it goes back to what you're saying about the sort of like a, the underlying just yep. unsatisfactoriness.
0: Yes. And my i feel like both my grandparents actually had people that they truly loved in their lives Mm -hmm. like she would talk about this one guy and she was like oh you know he was wonderful and like he loved to dance and she just loved so much about him um and i said well what what happened like why didn't you keep going and she's like well he didn't have any money (laughs) he didn't have a good job and i was like Well, couldn't you like, couldn't you get a job and couldn't have, you know, you could have done this. And I also felt like my grandpa, when, when she went away, she went away for like a month to Nicaragua Mm -hmm. and he was like, I want to go to Arizona to visit my friend. And there was like this woman there that he like wanted to see so badly. And then she talked to my mom and told my mom like, yeah, I'm pretty sure like he had like a major crush on me for the longest time and it just didn't work out. She found some other guy and whatever. But like they had this deep connection. And before he died, he wanted to go see her. And I was like, y'all over here pretending to not love the people that
1: you love. (laughs) Do you believe in reincarnation? I do. So what do you think happens to a person like that who has some unrequited love in this this life? I mean, do you think when they come back... Uh, that they'll have to figure it out. Yes. Next time.
0: Yes. I think that maybe they will have had figured it out like that. After that happens, they're like, you know what? Next round. I'm not doing it that way. And I think that's almost why we see people who are so like Ralph has. Sometimes I feel impossible standards. Um, he's so picky. Mm. He's so picky about people and he's so picky about food. And I'm just like, dude, fucking who cares? <laughs> and he's like, I care it matters a lot to me and I'm like, man, maybe he just fucked up a lot in his previous lives and now he's like, no, I want what I want and I don't care that this is okay. I want great. Right. And thank goodness for him because we would have gotten some fucked up houses (laughs) because I was just like, ah, this is beautiful. It's got a door. It's got a door in the backyard and he's like, dude, this place termites. It's crumbling. (laughs) And, you know, but I think that Hopefully now wherever my grandparents are they're they're doing it right this time that they're giving themselves this like awesome opportunity at, at actual happiness at like somebody who gets them and laughs with them like they didn't sleep in the same room for the last 30 years of their marriage. Hmm. Huh?
1: Yeah, you know in cases like that, that that's where I really want there to be reincarnation because you know it's like you're so unfulfilled uh-huh. in your human experience that you just want that person to be able to get a chance, a do-over. Yeah. You know, and people who, you know, maybe died unexpectedly or whatever, you want them to get a second shot at it. Yeah. Because human life can be beautiful. It can be really fun. hmm And, you know, again, it's like this whole thing with like the, the societal requirements you have to break through mm-hmm. or else, you know, society doesn't give a shit about your happiness. No. You have to sort of fight for it.
0: Yeah, you do. And then people don't like it sometimes. Like people don't like happy people. Mm-hmm. It makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. Why the fuck are you so happy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just life's good. <laughs> for me. <laughs> when I think back, I'm a pretty resilient person. Mm-hmm. I can find humor in almost anything. It's probably my coping mechanism. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd rather just make a joke than deal with the thing that's making me feel uncomfortable. But I also feel like that's how I got through some of the darkest moments in my life is Mm -hmm. by being like, eh, whatever. And I think about that stuff, and I still get sad. Mm -hmm. None of the pain, like, just goes away. I just find this way of managing the pain or, like, Mm -hmm. seeing it differently. And I think, all in all, like... I'm a happy person, maybe
1: that's what I'll do with my one point one billion too is that in my centers, I'll have like some sort of like past life regression because have you ever tried to do a past life regression? No, it's pretty expensive.
0: What the fuck is that? Can you please speak on it?
1: <laughs> well, you know they in a sense i I don't know because I haven't done it myself, but you know I think maybe they put you in a trance and they try to get you to go back to a past life uh-huh to recognize like a situation in a past life. you know some people are kind of moved by it. Who's to say whether it really truly is a past life or maybe some deep, dark memory or, or whatever. But I'm kind of of the opinion, I, I too believe in reincarnation, that you do reincarnate within circles maybe. Uh, when I worked on the show, the Jeff Probe show, we had this guy, just like a normal white dude, and he was playing in the pool with some friends like when he was like in his 20s or something like that. And he dove into the pool like white boys do. <laughs> and he... <laughs> Hit his head, Ooh. went into a coma. <laughs> like
0: white boys, <laughs>
1: dude. <laughs> they love it? to jump into some pools, boy. <laughs> What's that one thing on YouTube, dude? Perfect, dude. Perfect, dude. white boys doing crazy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love white boys. Okay, anyway, so when he came out, he could play piano. Like, oh, g- I've heard of this. Yeah, clearly, learning the piano is a very specific. So when I think of that guy who suddenly bumped his head and can play piano, I think, okay, well, there's some sort of, like, history. Somebody's information got downloaded and then got accessed when he bumped his noggin.
0: Yeah, fucking
1: nuts. Right? And so I think, okay, that, to me, that sort of doesn't prove it, but it's a, a proof of some sort of accessing of knowledge that was part of his mother's informational DNA or his father's informational DNA that got passed down. Yeah. You know, we could call it DNA, but you know, it's information. I I like the idea that people will reincarnate, finish things off or do things right.
0: I really hope so. You know, I, I like, I don't have any like real regrets. I feel like every decision that I made, got me to here. Mm -hmm. And so I'm happy with all of those, but I'm like, man, it would be fucking sick to do it over with everything that I know now Mm -hmm. and just nail it. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, I'd find some other reason not to be happy because that's just the human condition. I feel like you're always just feeling like you've, you're not enough. I, you're pretty happy though. I, I tend to be, but I have moments, you know, like I have some dark moments. I wrote recently a blog post about how in my, Uh, early 20s i was very suicidal i had like a very deep depression and part of me thinks that it was because i was on birth control at the time and like Mm. my hormones were kind of off Mm. but i went through a very dark terrible time where i was like seriously considering killing myself
1: but you evolved out of it
0: i did luckily like i so
1: where else do you need to evolve to do you think I, in this life, um, let alone in a subsequent life.
0: I have a lot of work to do in terms of self-love still. Mm. I think I'm pretty unkind to myself. The reason that I smoke so much weed is because it actually kind of makes me love myself. Mm. Like mm-hmm. when I smoke weed, if I look in the mirror, mm-hmm. I just like exist. Like I don't worry mm-hmm. about all this like shit about what I should look like. But like all that trauma that came from my grandma and my Mm -hmm. mom and my aunts about my looks like it's still got a pretty strong hold on me. And even though I try really hard to not give a shit, I still do. I I still am really hard on myself about like what my body looks like, even though Ralph's just like, damn girl, you banging. Mm -hmm. I still like I want to feel that way about me and not lose weight and feel that way about me? Feel that way about me right here right now mm. exactly as I am and just fucking own it. Right. So that's I feel like once I reach that point then I'm like, I'm good, dude. You can take me out. Next. Yeah. <laughs> Next life I'm ready.
1: That's a good uh clarity of self-awareness too.
0: Thank you Mark for coming on the show. Thank you for making the jingle for the show. Thank you for being my friend. Thanks for being so deep on the podcast.
1: It was a pleasure being here Yeah Hope you'll have me again
0: Come back soon Please don't leave LA LA <laughs> needs more people like you <laughs> Signing off <Let's> <laughs> Yes That's good It's raining Then Delicious Podcast